Coming up on This Week in Games, Microsoft gobbles up two more game studios, Riot's culture storm continues, and earnings aren't good at two video game giants. Coming up, This Week in Games. of the week for your video game industry rundown of news. I'm your host Eric McConnell and let's jump into it for this week in games. XO18 is a global celebration of all things Xbox. Well, Microsoft releases a basically YouTube video for XO18 and the celebration kind of was just a small crowd and stage in Mexico City where very Xbox-looking employees cheered aimlessly at everything announced. So basically, this amounted to a bunch of game updates and announcements that, frankly, could have just waited for E3 next year. And there's a huge drop, though, that I'll cover later in the business section. Yes, yes, this was a giant advertising on YouTube, and frankly, way overdone than the more tasteful Nintendo Directs. Really cringy. Go check it out. Once you see the people like cheering with, you know, the Microsoft green glow sticks, I uh, I think you all just tune out and find a TLDR somewhere online. Next up, current and former Riot employees sue over gender discrimination. So, Kotaku released a detailed account of Riot's culture of sexism, and it was backed by 28 former and current employees of Riot, and... After that, one current and one former employee have actually taken to the lawyers. <laughs> so, quote, like many of Riot's games' female employees, plaintiffs have been denied equal pay and found their careers stifled because they are women. Moreover, plaintiffs have also seen their working conditions negatively impacted because of the ongoing sexual harassment, misconduct, and bias, which predominate sexual, hostile working environments for Riot games. That's rough. I mean, frankly, if you read all the news on Riot, Riot just sounded like the ultimate, like, frat bro culture, and it was founded by two USC grads who had never made games before, so I can very much believe it, guys. <laughs> um, Riot refuses to make any comments on the ongoing litigations, which is pretty normal and standard but when big companies are getting sued by employees or on hot-button topics, and I'll keep an eye out for follow-ups on the lawsuit and what happens. Also, you can go to Scribe and check out, you know, the entire written-up lawsuit if you speak lawyer, as usual. Next up, following that, (laughs) Riot and League of Legends make a K-pop video. And this is as cringy as it sounds. So they take four of the most popular and fan-serious-y female characters. Riot create a K-pop video that includes rapping and sexy dances for the female characters. And I'm honestly surprised there isn't a bit more of a backlash to this because it's like like a lot of pop music category crap. This panders straight to male fantasy. The characters are very wearing very skimpy outfits, you know, doing dances that are provocative and so on and so on. And especially what's going on with the head studio. It's hilarious to think, to think that they thought this was appropriate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it's right. What do you expect? Next up. Belgium blocks three Square Enix mobile games over loot boxes. So we got another blow to the industry's main revenue mechanic as the EU blocks 
well, not the EU, an EU country blocks three Square Enix games. So Mobius, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, Union X, and a City of Final Fantasy Opera Omnia will be removed, leaving them to make some changes similar to what Valve and 2K had to make to their games to re-release them. Now, some of these changes may include like releasing all the gambling mechanics logic and actual percentages, and some of them may include you know, not even allowing in-app purchases of things considered loot boxing in nature. So anything that can be like ascribed to opening a random pack of, you know, booster cards for a trading card game. And we got to say, get them Belgium because we got to end this. You know, the industry is just over and over and over again. This one mechanic, this one crappy like booster pack or slot machine pull mechanic. And the industry is just like just built on it now and like all revenue comes from this you know outside of things like rdr2 getting released you know all main sources of revenue are from this and we got to stop we got to stop the gambling problem and hopefully the eu can do it and after the eu does it you know america's not going to take crap (laughs) if the eu blocks like predatory game mechanics i can't see america not also following up So let's get to the business news, because this week was pretty much all business news. So, the little uh, story I hinted at in the beginning, Microsoft acquires a city in entertainment and in exile entertainment. So I hinted at both of these a few weeks back. Microsoft acquires these two RPG powerhouses, especially in the PC market, and they are welcome additions to Microsoft's stable of first-party AAA studios, or you could like kind of say they're double a or triple a it doesn't really matter they're quality game studios and this is where things get dicey because microsoft is amassing an army of exclusive titles and studios over all genres and they were very weak in rpgs beforehand now they have two amazing rpg studios the immediate benefit is beefing up their game pass especially in the category of rpgs like i just said so all previous release of City and Entertainment and in Exile games that aren't under publisher contract that probably could get swooped up in this acquisition will go to Game Pass, and then the long term is an incoming stream of exclusive games to come on their subscription platform and the oncoming Project X Cloud platform. So Project X Cloud is Microsoft's cloud gaming platform. Microsoft is looking to be the Netflix of games, you know faster than netflix is the netflix of netflix so (laughs) microsoft is doing it right this is actually getting scary because they're getting a lot you know it's kind of like like it really makes sony kind of look dumb for not swallowing up their first party studios like why doesn't sony own naughty dog you know and yeah gosh microsoft is doing it right they're just throwing money at it and i just it's going to be hard for someone to dethrone them in cloud gaming you know in 10 years like all these chess moves and all this investment they're gonna look really smart gosh let's go microsoft um sadly got a sad news primate games the famous strategy guide book company sadly shuts down so anyone who grew up in you know the 90s even probably early 2000s going into game or gamestop or electronic boutiques we all remember those red spines on those paperback books all lined up on a giant shelf all in alphabetical order you're searching for your game the primate guide so these were things like you know a general walkthrough of the game showing you where all the secrets are breaking down combat breaking down possibilities you know even including like 
things you might need to 100% complete the game and you know all these strategies all these secret guides some of them were amazing like I remember the Marvel versus Capcom 3 I think that was a prime guide it was like a bible and ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 those things were absolutely amazing so uh Prima was founded in 1990, so that makes them 28 years old. And in 2018, they bought out their biggest rival, Brady Guides. Sadly, there's an entire shift in the game industry. You know, first, the internet is kind of like the democratization of information. So things like game facts and just game websites making their own guides, those hurt the company, right? But game facts is all text and like, you know, IGN making guides with a bunch of ads, you know. Prima could still be competitive. I argue their biggest downfall really is the shift of the game industry. So it switches from these like long, difficult games that are replayable and they have tons of secrets and their shift I mean they already shipped it like ten years ago. The software as a service SAS driven games defined by economies and time sinks and like bullshit. Like you if you're going to play a match three game, you don't really need a Prima guide. You know, if you're going to play one of these crappy mobile games like Clash of Clans, you're not going to need a Prima guide. I mean, even if you made a Prima guide for like Clash Royale, whatever meta came out six months later, that meta is invalid. So all these software as a service games really don't lend themselves to Prima guides. Yeah, so growing up, I'd like to throw this out there. My favorite Prima guide was for Jade Cocoon. Jade Cocoon is like a monster capturing game where you also fuse monsters and it had a lush 3D like dungeon crawler aspect to it. And uh, Jade Cocoon was amazing but didn't really explain any of the mechanics and that guide had some amazing details and really opened my eyes to like what a strategy guide can offer because it had, the game was about monster fusing so it had, I remember it had breakdowns of like all these different ways to fuse monsters to get different properties and how to keep the special attacks on the monsters after fusion and so on and so on. So Prima, you'll be missed. You know, I'm sure, like I always say, and it, it sounds like a jackass move, but you'll be missed and I'm sure you saw it coming and, you know, you have a place in the history of the game industry. All right, let's rattle off some uh, Q3 earnings. Some companies, not so good. So Activision Blizzard had a pretty poor Q3 and they're mostly blaming Destiny 2, which I find funny. So total revenues decrease to $1.51 billion, and that's a 7% drop. That's ridiculous that they make that much. That's like almost Nintendo territory. And they're blaming Destiny 2 for revenue because console games and services revenue dropped 34%. That's ridiculous. Mobile revenue was also down 11%. But PC revenue was up 21%. So mobile revenue, probably exclusively like Hearthstone, not doing well. Destiny 2, I don't think can be blamed for <laughs> console and services revenue being down 34%. That's ridiculous. Maybe oof, maybe Activision is pissed off at, you know, Bungie. I don't know. I don't know why they would blame Destiny 2, you know. The quarter's growth in PC... So the PC revenue was up 21%. That was driven pretty much exclusively by the WoW expansion battle for Azeroth. And the stock has actually taken a hit. So it took a 7% dip, uh, almost 7% dip, when in 
the Diablo Immortal backlash happened, and then it kind of recovered, and now it's dropped at 1.11%. And the other percentage drop, at not counting Diablo Immortals, was basically there's a huge engagement drop, and if we read between the lines, <laughs> it means that Call of Duty and Overwatch can't pill gamers away from Fortnite. So Fortnite is single-handedly slaughtering Activision Blizzard at this point. I think their stock was trading $55 cheaper. Like, that's ridiculous. And speaking of not doing well, Square Enix is having a poor half one of the year. So Japanese companies... So American companies report revenues and whatever in quarterly updates. So you have Q1 through 4. Japanese companies do half years, so they have H1 and H2. So Square Enix's H1 consolidated net sales decreased to $990 million. That's a 15% decrease. And profits decreased to $75 million, a 50% decrease. That's ridiculous. This this decrease is despite that they actually had two quote-unquote major releases with Tomb Raider and on multi-platform and Octopath Traveler being a Switch exclusive that was like heavily anticipated. Square Enix took a $33 million hit right off the bat from the new studio Luminous Products. That's the new Tokyo studio I mentioned a few episodes back. And the new Tokyo studio has shifted away from its original plan to now focus on large-scale, high-quality AAA game titles, which best leverage, blah, 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 just a marketing thing. It sounds like they needed more AAA games because they didn't plan for this type of drop-off. So they're turning Luminous products into a AAA game studio, which required heavy investments. So things aren't looking good at Square Enix. The mobile division is down, very likely from flooding the market with way too many games. The MMO division is in decline because, I mean, frankly, Final Fantasy XIV is really old and plays terrible compared to anything else on the market. And they cut 75% of Final Fantasy XV's DLC. And frankly, they don't really have any big announcements coming down the pipeline. And I don't think a Final Fantasy VII remake will save them at this point because I'm the target audience for a Final Fantasy remake, and I'm pretty old now, so... <laughs> Like, at this point, I can't see myself buying a Final Fantasy remake unless it was, like, crazy different than the original game. That it was a completely new experience. If it's just 3D graphics with the same game, God, I, I don't know. Yeah. Square Enix also randomly bought a 20% stake in Bulkhead. Bulkhead is a developer known for the Turing Test and Battle on 1944. And in turn for the 20%, a member of Square Enix also sits on Bulkhead's board of directors. And ironically, but not ironically, Bulkhead is now being tapped for a new IP for Square Enix to publish. All right, I'm not going to really go into any more earnings reports. I'll just mention Take-Two released their quarter three earnings and revenue. Nothing new, very boring. Same thing as always, NBA 2K's Dream Team and GTA 5's online drove revenue which has been the same story for many, many quarters. And the earnings do not include RDR2, so I'll cover Take-Two in depth next quarter. Next up, Tencent pulls back on the gaming di gaming division marketing budget amidst China's game stall. So you'll, you've probably heard me say this like week over week. With no end in sight on this year's game licensing freeze in China, Tencent has lowered its marketing budget for the entire games division, and that makes a no-duh because they frankly can't release a game in China, so they have to just stop spending money on marketing games. Why are you marketing games that you can't even release? And, yeah, not looking good for Tencent either. <laughs> the industry's pretty rough right now. So, uh, 
frankly, Tencent might need to give up on waiting for China. Some analysts are saying not till mid-2019 will games be given licenses again. And even so, not at the accelerated rate they were before. They'll probably be more reserved now. So Tencent might need to eye new markets, new countries, new something. You know, they can't keep waiting on China and their kind of monopoly and bringing foreign games into China. Ugh, not good. All right, some quick uh, fundraising and acquisition. Discord acquires Blitz Esports. Blitz Esports is a content production company known for video and written content on what else? Esports. Discord is, I guess, looking to beef up their platform to more exclusivities, which is a smart move because, you know, news and content are pretty cheap to make. In the acquisition, eight members of Blitz Esports were let go. Nothing else was, like, said why. Whatever, standard acquisition. Overwolf raises $16 million in funding. Overwolf, for people who don't remember, is a game extension platform allowing developers to release real-time coaching services, analytics solutions, and video recording tools. I couldn't even say that without laughing. Real-time coaching services? Who's paying for this? Come on. Come on, people. Earlier this year, Overwolf and Intel put up $7 million to fund game extensions. So they lit up $7 million on fire and wrote it off on taxes. Sure, whatever. I don't there's, I don't think there's a market for game extensions unless you're counting like tools that play MMOs for you and grind for you. Like That's the only game extension people are paying for. Finally, Germany sets aside $57 million to fund game development. So in an attempt to drive creative industries, Germany is handing out cashola. The final details on how to get a piece of this money were not released yet, but please look at Germany if you're randomly looking to open a European studio. So finally, I'll wrap up this week. We have two kind of people shakeups. First, EA's former chief game designer, chief design officer, sorry, EA's former chief design officer and the DICE founder, Patrick Soderlund, launches Embark Studio. So Soderlund looks to leverage VR or AR, some kind of new technology to, quote, create new types of interactive entertainment and simulate it virtual online worlds. Why not, you know? And after Nexon has shuttered multiple studios this year, they're suddenly free to pick up the Stockholm-based studio. Good for them. <laughs> and finally, Hajime Tabata, Final Fantasy 15's game director departs Square Enix. So this is actually out of the blue, and it's very random. So along with Square announcing that they're going to cut 75% of all Final Fantasy 15's DLC, Tabata says he's no longer going to be at Square. And weird enough, Tabata was set to lead Square Enix's new Tokyo studio, Luminous Productions. The one I just mentioned was going to turn into a AAA studio and cost them $33 million to upgrade. As usual, he said he's launching his own game company, which no details or name or anything have been said. So that kind of lends the, the, I guess, theory that this was sudden. And it was probably the result of board and investors kind of just pretty pissed off at Square Enix, especially given Final Fantasy XV's uh, disappointing performance. Because at this point, it looks like Square's, ever since Final Fantasy kind of X, probably, Square's strategy has been... Release a Final Fantasy game, okay, release DLC for that game, and then re-release the game in multiple versions and, like, sub-follow-ups. So I think, you know, 10 had three, two follow-ups, and I think 13 had a complete new sequel, and then another, no, two sequels, two full sequels, 
12 was kind of the bastard child. I just think it had, did it have DLC? I don't remember. And then obviously 11 and 14 had tons of DLCs and expansions because they're MMOs. And they were planning on doing even more than ever done before with 15 in terms of DLCs, prequels, sequels, mobile releases, everything under the sun. And 15 just fell flat. And for good reasons, because it's not very good. Actually, if you want to see a great breakdown of Final Fantasy 15, go on YouTube, look at Super Eyepatch Wolf's kind of like rundown on why it's so mediocre. I agree with almost all of its points. It's 55 minutes long. Check it out. But yeah, Final Fantasy 15 is so disappointing. They cut 75% of all DLC and gave the boot to the game director who's going to run their new studio. Ridiculous. And I guess the message for this week is, man, don't work at Square Enix right now. <laughs> all right. That's it, guys. Eric McConnell, come here next time for This Week in Games. I'll see you guys later. Bye.